All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 220 of the DFO Rundown brought to you by Batano. 19 plus, please play responsibly. The game starts now with Batano.ca. I'm Jason Greger. Happy uh, Victoria Day for our uh, Canadian viewers. And happy uh, Monday for the rest of us. That's right. Um NHL playoffs continue on. Um, first time ever in NHL history, all four games in the conference finals have gone to overtime. But unfortunately, the series are both 2-0, and oh, if you like, close. And uh, Carolina's not a great road team. Uh, Dallas probably has a chance maybe to push it close. But could one of these teams win four or five? It's possible, I guess. But I don't know if I would bet on it at Patano right now. I'll say that, Frank. Yeah, I would be pretty surprised myself. I mean, the Cats have been hot. <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah. I think, what are they, 16-5 and five since Keith Kachuk absolutely put them on blast? I mean, that it's it's the classic turning point of the season. I, honestly, you could argue Matthew Kachuk or Sergei Bobrovsky. I, I think their MVP is still Keith Kachuk, and I can't – if they get to the cup final, I can't wait to ask more questions about it. See, I'd have Bobrovsky. I thought in the Toronto series, Bobrovsky was the reason they won. Kachuk was great in game one, but – you know, it was okay in the in the other rest of it, but Bobrovsky was unreal. And you look, Bobrovsky in game one of overtime, um, I think it was ClearSight Analytics that said he had the highest uh, saves above expected ever in a playoff game since they started tracking it. So I, uh, that's pretty good for me. Obviously, yeah. Kachuk I mean, two goals. OT winners to start this series, like and the job that he did in round one. Like, I'd have a hard time going past him, especially considering 
Sergey Bobrovsky didn't even start the playoffs for the Panthers. Oh yeah, but that's around one game. Does that matter? I get. Didn't didn't Lions start game two? It was one game. I'll go back and look. I thought they went to Lion twice. You could be right. I don't remember it so long ago, but yeah. it, doesn't it feel like it's another lifetime ago? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it's like we're talking like one month and five days ago. No, Lion started the first three games, one, two, and three, and he played. Uh, 50 minutes in game three before getting yanked. Hmm. So this, this they, could they be went the Washington to Bob Capitals. for game four. Yeah, this could be the, the Holtby uh, Washington Capitals of 2018. Yeah, and, and the funny thing about that is we kind of thought that Holtby might have been the better choice from the jump. I'm not sure anyone on the planet was saying Bobrovsky's the better choice over Lyon, even though Lyon was a 30-year-old journeyman. Yeah, he... Uh, um, yeah, Bobrovsky's been unbelievable since he's come in. It's uh, it's crazy. So he has uh, what, he's got nine of their uh, ten wins. So it'll be interesting to see uh, who I, those two are the clear favorites uh, right now. They're both on the same team. I don't know. Jack Eichel probably in Vegas. I would think would be the uh, the front runner. Although Jordan Mar- uh, Marcheseau has scored some huge goals for Vegas. Yeah, all those original Golden Misfits have been they've been pretty good. I just want to be, I, I know there's not a ton of extra to talk about the playoffs, but the game tying goal by Vegas. I don't know how Ryan Suter can make that play. That was one of the most nonchalant, lackadaisical defensive efforts I have seen in the final two minutes of a playoff game in a long, long time. It was stunning to me. What do you think? What do you think? Was he out of gas? I, I don't know why he was out there the next shift. So it just looked kind of like, oh, hum. I could not believe it. Like, they had the game right there, and they just made two gaffes, and boom, game's tied. Like, that was that was stunning to me. Like, that looked like a rookie play. Yeah. Like, and that's – you know what? It's funny. The, when, when, you, when you give away goals in the playoffs and you make it easier for your opposition, ask the Edmonton Orders this year. They talked about it as a team after their series loss. That's what killed them. And Dallas, that's going to be a real hard one to overcome, man. Like, that well, – they, they played so well in that game. They barely gave up anything. And then when you give up a perfect, like, 10-bell play, ends up in the back of your net, game over. How many times have I said it's hard enough to win in this league beating other teams to have to beat yourself in the process? Like, that's, that's tough. You're not overcoming that. No, no. Well, the series, um, we'll see. Hey, Carolina obviously is in a, in a must-win situation now. Uh, Carolina 3-8 and eight on the road since 2022. But here's another one. Florida Panthers are only four and six at home. It's in that same same time span. Yeah. That includes last year's playoffs, but still. Yeah. Well, yeah. I you know last year's kind of whatever for the for them. Florida's a very different mental team. But you know, Carolina, hey, those games have been ultra close. And Carolina can make a strong argument that they could have won. There's no argument in that. So I mean, out shooting out shooting Florida twenty to one to start game two in the first period. I like the fact that you can only get one goal by them is what's problematic. Yeah, there's Bobrovsky again. Yeah, no, he's... Is it Bobrovsky or the Canes can't score? Well, hey, Frank, we've talked about that. I I felt all along that the Canes... You know, you can go so long, but eventually losing star power guys, Svechnikov, I think it catches up with you. And Tara Vinan's not the same player right now coming off the injury. So, you know, it's unfortunate. Like, they would have, they needed, and they still could win, but they need, like, somebody to be Jordan Martinuk from last series, somebody unexpected to, to just catch fire. 
Yeah. And I'm not sure it's uh, it's plausible. So we'll see. But you know what? Hey, the NHL, the NBA conference finals are 3-0, and both of them. You have uh, Magic Johnson uh, going after the Celtics after their effort yesterday. So, hey, if, uh, if the NHL gets a win somehow, it's interesting. I don't really understand it. Um, although I will say one thing. People who want to push the play-in game, if there was no play-in in the NBA, then uh, this third-round series in the NBA East would have happened in the first round. So maybe, uh, you know, Boston, I thought, got a little bit lucky. In, in their in their trip to the uh, conference finals, just because who they didn't have to play, and we're seeing it now. But you know, I give it give a Jimmy. I don't know if you watch the NBA at all, Frank, or not. I don't. But Butler is one of the gut. He kind of reminds me of Keith Kachuk, and you know, like Kachuk's kind of that gutsy player now who just who's in and around everything, and that's what Butler is. And then uh, Jokic is a freak. I I love sports, but man, I'm telling you that those NBA games have been unreal. So. Doesn't interest me in the slightest. Really? Yeah. Oh, NBA is awesome. I love it. Um, PJ Championship, Championship was going on this weekend. There's baseball. There's tons going on, thankfully, because it was Smoke Haven here in Alberta. Basically couldn't go outside for like two days. So it's uh, all the forest fires and all the smoke. It's awful. So uh, we're getting some rain. So hopefully Tyler's on the IR anyway. So Why, what, do you, what do you do now? Tyler had a... He had an unfortunate core muscle injury in his baseball game last week. Oh, oh boys, I was struggling. <laughs> How did you hurt it? Were you I, trying uh, to leg one out to first base? No, I I was turning to feet to try catch a, a blooper fly ball from shortstop running into the field, and I felt something pop, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've never felt something like that." I'm getting old, is what's happening. You got to stretch, man. Jeez. Dude, I know this is, this is going to sound like the fattest thing I've ever said. And trust me, I've said a few of them on this pod. But there's, a, there's actually a place near me now. It just opened. It's called Stretch Zone. And you, like, you go in there and you lay on a table and someone stretches you. Apparently. You can't stretch, like you can't stretch yourself? Well, like it just they stretch you in, in like a more methodical and... Like, it's like 20 minutes of stretching or a half hour of stretching. And people say, like, people rave about it. The only thing is I'm worried that the average age in there is, like, 72. And I just, is it embarrassing to go in there and get stretched out? Well, who's well, who's raving about it? 72-year-olds? No, I've just heard a bunch of people talk about, hey, it's life-changing going in there. They stretch your whole body every, every you know, every pressure point. Hmm. ankles and feet and everything knees i don't know man well ankle flexion is important for sure so maybe you should get in there frank i uh, I mean these ankles have been carrying uh, about a hundred extra for the last little bit so i don't know like is it embarrassing to make an appointment no now you got to tell us about it i don't i'm like embarrassed to go in though Uh, how much does it cost that's what i want to know i don't know probably like 50 bucks hmm I don't know. I'm just guessing. I, you're right. I could just stretch myself, yeah. but given that it's, uh, it's given that you've of, never done it, is given what that it's a little bit difficult to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say it's uh, it's appealing. I'll say that. Oh my god! Well, yeah, I tried. Have you ever been to hot yoga? Uh, no. Hmm. Wow, buddy, you get into a hot yoga class, man. That is now. I'm about as flexible as a crowbar, so um, I. Uh, I go to hot yoga. Just it helps loosen up the joints. I've never been to what's it called? Stretch you stretch zone. Oh, stretch zone. Um, 
Yeah, we don't have a stretch zone that I've heard about. I've never oh, even man. actually heard about stretch zone. So it's maybe it's a new up and coming business venture for you. You could be oh, the geez, first you know to what? first maybe to bring it to Canadian Edmonton. rights. Yeah. I have to look it up. See if we can get the Canadian rights. I don't know, man. Goal. All I'm saying, it would I make walk, sense. I walked 36 holes this weekend, and I I could use a little stretch zone today. Yeah, well, buddy, you gotta you gotta warm up a little bit. Do some squats, you know. Do a few lunges, warm yeah. things up. I don't know, man. You're not a lunger, are you? No, I could I could squat like I could squat, but I'm not a lunger. Not a lunger. Oh, no. lunging's great. It sucks, but it's good. It's like it's like squats. Squats are the worst, but they're the best. I like squats. Oh, Bulgarian split squats. You ever do those? No. Yeah, we'll do a Bulgarian split. Are you squat. a kettlebell guy? Kettlebell guy? I bet you. Could, I bet you're a kettlebell swinger, aren't you? Um, I have a kettlebell, but I don't use it a ton. Um, I use it for like uh, Turkish get-ups, which I hate. Like it's a full body thing. It's not very heavy, but uh, Bulgarian split squats are one of the best workouts, but the worst. Right, like that's where you put you got one foot in front of you, Frank, and the other one's behind you on the bench, right? Yeah, so yeah, I know what you're talking foot, about. Oh, it is. I hate it every time I do it, but it's really good for you. So I don't I know what good for you means. Me. Just look at me. Well, you got to do it. Go to stretch zone zone. Now you have to tell us about it. Yeah, I don't know. Should, I'm a little they, embarrassed. Yeah, well, they should give you a free entry simply for us talking about it. So we'll see. Um, now, hey, speaking of uh, let we, I don't think you and I have gotten into this yet. But what did you make of the uh, Maple Leafs decision, Shanahan Dubas? Because I got some thoughts on it. Um, okay. Give me your thoughts on, on how it went down and what's going to go now. So in 15-plus years of covering the NHL on a daily, full-time basis, I have never seen a press conference like that where someone gets slapped on their way out. And... To me, I think it speaks to how it all went down and, and kind of the, to- the tone and tenor of what was relayed to the public gave you some sort of insight into essentially what happened behind the scenes, even though they didn't spell it out. So my belief is that this wasn't a financial leverage play that bothered the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, Brendan Shanahan, I think, makes $7 million a year. I don't think that they're offended by anyone asking for more money. I don't know that they're super offended about someone fighting to keep a coach that they like. But I I think you could tell watching that at least what I believe happened behind the scenes is that Kyle Dubas made a push to, to get Brendan Shanahan out of hockey operations and decision-making that he wanted complete and full autonomy and that this was a sort of power struggle that took place. I mean, how else do you explain the reaction? When have you ever seen the detail to that magnitude laid out in front of you in a press conference, pure timeline, and even including things such as Kyle sent me an email and said he would like to stay. Like he was even blowing him up on the idea that he sent an email. Who sends an email to keep their job? So working through all of it, I've been saying for months, if you've been listening to me, that there's, there's been friction between Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas. And I've, I've seen other reporters try and try and shit on, on that reporting and downplay it. Um, It's just the truth. That's what's happening behind. That's what's been happening behind the scenes for 18 plus months now. And in fact, I think it goes back way further than that. Like, I think it goes back all the way since, I don't think it's been right since 
Brendan Shanahan blocked Kyle Dubas from getting the Colorado job, whatever year that was, 2017. This has been ongoing. It's been festering. And Kyle Dubas essentially felt like he had the goods to make a play for the job the way he wants to do it with his own autonomy. And I, you know, I get it. People think really highly of you in this league and you think that you've got um, the ability to do this job as better or better than anyone else. You, you think that you're going to get the next job that opens up and he very well might. But when you come for the boss's job or you come to get him out of the way, you better have the goods. And it seems like he lost. Well, yeah, hundred percent. I I thought there was I thought he leveraged himself a little bit too much. Um, when you know when you hear Shanahan saying, "Hey, I'd asked him not to go to a press conference," and whether you like it or not, sometimes you have to do things that your boss tells you to do. And if you don't, that's what can happen in, in any in any place. Now, there's very few jobs where you can call press conferences, so you know that it becomes even more public. And and I can understand if they were that close. Say, why do you have to? Why not wait? Well, we'll have a press conference to announce when you've signed your contract. And so he says, no, T- to me, right there was was him, as you say, a, a little bit of a leverage play to say, hey, I, I don't think they want to let me go. I'm going to tell everybody it's Toronto or bust and and I'm going to be out for a, a year off. And, you know, that might happen, although I and wonder then to bring the emotion into it, I think is what really bothered them of, hey, I got to, you know, as if. Anyone believes that Kyle Dubas and his wife and his family weren't talking about this eventual possibility all year long, knowing that he was in the final year of his deal. And I'm not downplaying the stress of the job, Jay, but when you come out there and say that, people are playing the world's tiniest violin for you. No one is shedding a tear for you as GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs when you made two and a half million bucks last year. First off, I say it all the time. This is hockey. We're not curing cancer. And two, you've had one of the most coveted jobs in pro sports. If the stress is too much for you, then we'll get someone else to do it. And, and then the next part is like, if you really want to talk about real stress of a job. Thank you. Let's, let's talk yeah. about police officers, families, and first responders, and doctors, and everyone else that actually is dealing with legitimate life and death, well, as well, opposed to running a hockey team that's well, like well, fantasy sports. Talk about the stress of just being an everyday person right now with higher inflation, higher interest rates. You doesn't your, even know the paycheck, first thing about it. Your, your paycheck doesn't stretch nearly as far as it used to. You got two or three kids. You're trying to pay for them. You're trying to pay for your mortgage. That's stress, right? For, for any single parent who's, who's listening, that's real stress. And the thing that actually, that irked me. That I, was a when, tactical error, a huge yes. tactical error. When, when you get out there and you think you're going to get empathy because, oh, I make two and a half million. Like, I don't, hey, you know what? You can afford endless amounts of psychologists if it's that stressful for you. Most people can't. They don't have the money to do it. They got a, they got a son or a daughter who's teenage years. And everybody knows that if your son or daughter was 15 to, to 22 here in the last few years during COVID, it was brutal. And it's brutal mentally for them. So if we want to talk real stress, Frank, I'm with you. Like, that's the part that I'm like, you lost me. I'm out here. I, I don't have much empathy for that. Is the job stressful? 100%. There's lots of jobs that are stressful. Don't pretend that being a GM of a hockey team is infinitely more stressful than other things, right? You you have people yelling at you one day, and then you have everybody adoring you the next day, okay? Yeah, it's a roller coaster of emotion, but you know what it is when you go into you it. You signed up for it. This 100%. is the job he picked. And, and you know what? And why I think that's you? the actual words that Brendan Shanahan used. This is the job we picked. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's you, you can't just take the job and be like, well, I love all the positives about it, but the negative ones, when things aren't going well, I'm going to use that card. I'm sorry. I don't, uh, I get, I, you can read my text bot line every day if you want to talk about people, you know, who you get ripped on all the time, right? It happens. It's part of the job and you deal with it. So I, I, that to me, I had zero empathy for. I'm sorry. And I'm a very empathetic person. I have a lot of empathy for real stress. I didn't buy that one. Um, I, I do think the, the Maple Leafs, if they really wanted to sign him, they should have done it a long time ago. Now, do I believe Brendan Shanahan when he said, well, hey, I really wanted him back. But if you really wanted him back, why did it take so long? So I'm not sure I 100%. I'm agreeing with you, Frank. I think there was, this wasn't like a, a great relationship that was like, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, let's re-up. No problem. I, I think both If it was, you don't react that way. Yeah. You don't, you don't do that in the press conference because what you end up, if, if that's the case, it ends up the way it did for Brad Tree Living when they, quote, mutually decided to part ways. And you see the two people that are up there having to explain his departure in Don Maloney and John Bean. They both had tears in their eyes saying how much they're going to miss him. That, that's not what this was. And this was a this was a um, I'm marking my territory press conference. Yeah, just letting everyone here know who's in charge. Well, I'm fascinated because here's the thing that like I I think both sides because end, end up losing in this situation. That's you know what I'm not sure it, where there's job openings. Like I I don't know. Like Pittsburgh is that realistic? I'm going to say no. But so, um, do you want? I'll give you some detail at least as far as I know. Um, I do think that the Pittsburgh Penguins search over the last three days or so since, or four days since this news happened with Kyle Dubas, I do think they put their GM and, and president of hockey ops search on pause because they wanted to get a, a firm or formal answer as opposed to, as, as to find out whether or not he's interested in the opportunity. Now I'm not reporting that they've spoken or asked for permission or anything like that. I think that was the plan. And, and in fact, some people had whispered that, the plan was for them to speak on Sunday. I don't know if that did or didn't take place. My only sense is that he's not, this isn't a job that's all that appealing to him. No, I understand it. They're, you know, you're in the tail end of, you know, three superstars and Crosby, Malkin and Latang. And, and then what? Then you got to go into a full rebuild. I don't, I don't see how you avoid it in Pittsburgh. It's just, it's a matter well, of it's when. It's a perfect job to ask for a seven year contract. If you're <laughs> someone that has a ton of leverage. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. Right. Um, but I think I, they didn't want to keep going until they knew it. Is there any chance we can get like, let's just cr at least check it off our list to make sure, Hey, there's no chance we can get this guy. That's at least how I think they went into the weekend. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. You, you want to cut, you want to, Hey, they'd had 14 people interviewed. Why, why wouldn't you extend your search one more? So, uh, I still think, uh, you know, Ottawa would make a lot of sense to me when the new ownership takes place there. Um, I, I could see how long have I been saying in, Ottawa? Yeah. Oh, quite a while. Right. Like, but if, that's the only anywhere. And I don't even, I'm not convinced that that's the case. Like I'm not convinced that he works next season. Yeah. He might not. And I wonder how much the impact of this press conference, does he wear a little stink from that? Like has some of the shine come off of it? Do you, what do you think? Maybe like a small amount, but I, I don't think it's that much to be honest. I, I'd be surprised anyway. Um, should it like, should it be viewed like if that if that is actually the case and no one is ever going to confirm that that's exactly what happened. But if that's the case, should like shouldn't there be some shine that comes off? Uh, I don't know. I, I think th there's two ways to look at it. You can if you're a confident owner 
And, you know, if, if you're in a president of a hockey ops and you're confident in who you are, you're like, hey, I want to hire someone who's who believes in themselves, who's got a good track record, who I think, you know what, in a few years, maybe they'll be they'll be wanting my job. That's not the end of the world. Right. I don't think you want people that are not strivers who are only comfortable in where they are. So I, I don't think that it would be at least for me. I wouldn't view it as that big of a negative. I'd have the open conversation about it and say, hey, if you thought so, because I saw Myrtle's um, article claiming that there had been lots of moves blocked over time, right? And so that's, uh, yeah, I'd like to know what they were, right? I don't think there's lots. I think there's a small handful. Right. I think yeah. the biggest one that kind of set everyone off was the Marc-Andre Fleury and Brandon Hagel trade from a, a calendar year ago. Right, yeah. At the deadline. Yeah, and so... Um, you know, Hagel, Hey, look at Hagel in Tampa Bay. He's a pretty good player. So yeah, um, pretty good player and a pretty good contract. And plus who knows what having Mark Henry Fleury might've done in the playoffs then. Yeah. You never know. Right. Was he going to score? That's, goals, I mean, though? that is one thing that the Leafs have, have not gotten right is the goaltending and that, oh, that and I think large. the blue line, Frank, I don't, yeah. I don't think their blue lines ever been that good. Like when you compare it, I would agree. So yeah. then it seems like speaking of the Sens that this is today's the day potentially that we find out more uh, about who their next owner is. I, I do think it's down to two. Um, and Lauer is going to get it, isn't he? I see. I don't know. I heard lots of rumblings over the weekend um, that the, uh, the front runner was the Kimmel family. Okay. So I, I again, I'm not reporting it. I just, now, I'm just passing along what I heard. That a lot now of is that just because they bid the most? No, I think it's a combination of all those things. I think it's money. I think it's you know plan and outlook. I think it's connections, who you know, how comfortable the league is with you. Hard to think that the league is going to be more uh, comfortable than with Michael Anlauer because they already know. Yeah, he's been a minority owner in the Montreal Canadiens. He's run a successful junior franchise in Hamilton and. Um, they like you're right, but they also know the Kimmel family too because they were, I believe, minority partners in the Pittsburgh Penguins previously. So it's it's going to be a combination of all those things um, to to decide. It's not just who bids the very last, you know, hundred thousand bucks. It's not how it's going to work. It's not like a silent auction. I I'm still amazed that the sale of the Senators is this high. And good for them. And the minute this sale is finalized, I don't see how the ownership group in Arizona can say, you know what? And I know it's not the same. And I know you've talked about it, Frank. You don't like they'll be capped on maybe what they can make. But still, it would be, uh, I think they, they would still turn a tidy profit. I don't think there's much doubt about that. Yeah, so. I'm not convinced that the league ultimately with the Arizona ownership isn't going to try and force them to sell. Yeah, wow. I just, I don't know, man. Speaking of Mickey Mouse time, like it's just enough's enough here. Like it's putting it out there. Oh, which which other municipality can we go and ask and see? Like you've you've made people a lot. Were, of people were making fun of me, saying like, "Oh, like can't you take a joke on social media?" And I'm like, given what transpired this play this week, like this is not a joke. Like this, I, like I said on on so, on Twitter, I've seen Junior B franchises run better. Yeah, and I'm not exaggerating. Like yeah. to. To think that that's the, oh, this is the tongue-in-cheek, like, where should we go next? Let's put up a Twitter poll. Like like I said, how about a municipality that wants you? 
Yeah, be fair. Now, we do have a few other big news stories around the league, but let's bring in Tyler Uremchuk first. Ty, how are you doing? Hopefully you can make it through with your abdominal injury to the show today. Yeah, it's a groin injury, but I do lay on the floor oh. while you guys record this, and I and I make sure I stretch out every day. You got to go to stretch zone. I'm going to – I might – that sounded so good, I might fly all the way down to Philly. Well, and, uh, here's tip, though. If you have a sore groin, you're actually not supposed to stretch it. You got to let it heal sometimes, so it depends on what the injury is. Oh, Okay. Then I probably you should get a groin been, massage. I probably shouldn't have been stretching consistently for the last week. Anyways, uh, let's get into this week's edition of Buy or Sell. Got a few different things I want to hit on with you guys here, but I'll start with this. Uh, shout out to our friends at Patano, by the way. One of these series will end in a sweep. You buying or selling that, Jason? Yeah, I'll sell. I, uh, um, two overtime games, the games have been very close. Um, I get like, it does like some sweeps are kind of dominant. Um, neither one of these has been dominant in, in my eyes. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, although Florida is just red hot. If I had to pick one, I would pick Florida to sweep, but I'm going to say neither. Right. Well, I'm going to buy. We like, we're one game away from having a real, real chance. And I just think once you get to the third round and you know, you're out of it and you're gassed. There's a, there's a high likelihood that teams are just like, all right, let's get it over with. We're tired. We're hurt. We're this, we're that. I mean, it's don't, we don't have to look back very far to see a sweep in the conference final, the Oilers last year. So yeah, I don't know. I'm going to buy. I'm in. Golden Knights are plus 380 on Batano to sweep, and the Panthers are plus 230. Florida's also now moved in. Uh, I guess it's a tie with Vegas. They're both plus 150 to win the Stanley Cup, which I gave Vegas plus one fifty. Like, who would take that bet? Yeah, it's not There's like you still have to win this round, which is not guaranteed, and then win the next one. It's like a two round parlay. I don't understand. Yeah, it's weird. All right, let's. Uh, you guys hit a lot about Kyle Dubis and the Leafs, but nothing really on who they could hire next. I'm gonna say the Leafs' next GM hire is someone who has held an NHL GM job previously. Frank, you buying or selling on that? Um. So, phrase it for me again. The phraseology is what the previous GM. Yeah, the the Leafs GM hire will be someone who's held the GM job before. Well, an experienced g- candidate. Given yeah, given that Brendan Shanahan said we want someone experienced, I'd be shocked if they didn't. I thought you were going to give us one candidate and one candidate only. Brad Tree and say, Living, buy or sell. <laughs> I would buy Brad Tree Living. Really? Okay. Well, there you go. You answered both of them, uh, Jay. Well, here's the question. So if you look at it, George McPhee's a name. Uh, Craig Button brought that up to me, and I was like, hmm, interesting. Like, how many other guys with GM experience are there available right now that, that you would look at and say, okay, this is a legit. In an authentic way. Yeah. Like, there, there's not many. So not many. When, when the, Brad Treely, I mean, I think, jumps to be the front runner. But I wonder if Shanahan looks at somebody when he says experience and says, hey, this guy's been an AGM for many years. You know, he's done contract negotiations, done all, has done all this stuff. You know, maybe that's the experience. So, because um, right now it would seem like it's tree living and, and no one else uh, just based on um, history. Although the George McPhee name by Craig uh, at least that, piqued my interest. I don't understand that one at all. Well, I think because he feels like maybe he got, he's kind of pushed out of the decision-making role in Vegas. I don't think so. I think George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon are thick as thieves. And they've got a good thing going, and I don't, like, why would George McPhee want to dig in and do all the work again? Like, he's already got the sort of cushier president job. 
But wouldn't you work with Shanahan? It would be a two-guy job. There. I don't think so, because if no. it was going to be Brendan Shanahan, why did they send out a memo to all 31 other teams on Friday night saying that since Kyle Dubas is no longer with the team, the point person on any uh, calls needing to be made to the Leafs is Brandon Pridham. So they essentially made Brandon Pridham the, quote, interim GM, the guy running point. Wouldn't you think that's a great opportunity for Brendan Shanahan to, like, just step in and at least field calls from other managers to to understand at least how people view his team from the outside? Potentially, but here's my question. How much really goes on now? I, a lot. The, I'm telling you, with cup. 28 teams out, a lot. You think there's so? A, there's calls flying left and right. Yeah, I just look at the Leafs and I don't know. I don't see them as like a big, like they got a potential trade for sure with one of their key guys. But that's why I think today is what, the 22nd? Your GM job, you're, you're kind of the note taker for 10 days, Frank, and then someone else takes over. Yeah, but my point is like, you, you, your question was, will Brendan Shanahan and George McPhee be a two-headed monster? And my answer is no. You don't think, well, but you were saying, but Shanahan overruled Dubas at times. So doesn't he have a say? He has a say for sure, but I don't like, uh, it's, it's a really interesting spot. Like I don't, uh, I don't foresee him sort of dabbling or at least sharing the workload. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Maybe not sharing. Sharing's probably a better word uh, as far as like being 50, 50, but I I'll think, still take, I, I get the idea of it. I just think, so you're, so I'm taking Brad tree living. Are you taking tree living or the field? I'll take the field. Okay. Interesting. I like that. That's how I should have phrased the question off the jump. Good idea, guys. Uh, Craig Conroy could potentially be named the GM in Calgary or is expected to be named the GM in Calgary coming up this week. I'm going to say from a trading perspective, trades, the Flames are the busiest Canadian team this summer. Buy or sell, Jason? No, oh, I'm selling. I don't I don't see a lot of trades out of Calgary. Like, they're, they're big name guys. Like, you know, they obviously got a decision on Lindholm, but I, I think – bringing in a new head coach and now they'll have, you know, Craig Conroy is highly respected. Like guys love that guy. Like he's Mr. Positive. He's very honest to people. I think that the, the flames I'm not putting, no, I, I think, I think Toronto's going to have uh, Toronto's going to have the biggest trade. My, my humble opinion. And uh, I also think the Edmonton orders are going to make a few deals. Frank buy or sell on that. And if you're selling, you got to give me the Canadian team. You think will be busiest selling. And I think it's going to be the jets. That's a good one. Actually. Good one. Yes. Yeah. The jets too. And what about the Canucks, man? Like there could be some, mm. could be a, I think they're going to try. I don't know if they'll get anything, but I, well, that's, that's the wackiest part about the Canucks. Just from talking to some GMs around the league, they were saying that the Canucks have been pretty active in making calls, but they're trying to do two things, shed salary. And at the same time, get better. It's a really difficult spot to be in and a crazy tightrope to walk. So I don't know how exactly you can do that. They're going to try, but the jets have so many decisions to make. Hellebuck. Yes. Shifley, Wheeler, any of these other guys, how do they improve their back end? Like, you know, what about the, Dubois if he du- says he's like, only du- signing a one year deal? Crazy, crazy, crazy. I, I think the Jets are the yeah. team in biggest flux. Fair. It's a fair one. I also think don't discount the Montreal Canadiens and if the Sens get a new GM, the Ottawa Senators. So we've now listed every Canadian team. We've gone around the horn. Well, we didn't talk about the Oilers. Gregor said the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I think they'll make a few moves. They're not going to be the busiest. No, I, I think moves. the Oilers are in a very similar spot to the to the Leafs, except the Leafs will be slightly more active and have a bigger uh, a bigger sort of foundational question to answer. Oh God, yeah, like Edmonton's core is not going anywhere. It's just a matter of what do they do on their back end, and um, 
you know, can they find a trading partner for Kyler Yamamoto or do they buy him out? Yeah, because he's the one. I think they can him. find someone. Oh, they probably. Oh, I don't discount they could. But the question is, how much is it going to cost? But here's the thing. If My answer should much, be not that much. Yeah, well, if it costs too much, you don't do it because you can buy him out at one third and the cap hit next year is only 433K is dead cap space. Yeah. Well, the only thing is you can't buy out an injured player. So let's see what his end of year physical is. Yeah, well, he finished every game. I don't know if he's going to suddenly be that injured. Uh, remember when Shea Weber played in game six of the Stanley Cup final or whatever that yeah. was, game five, and then all of a sudden never to be heard from again? Mm-hmm. I would say uh, be careful. No. Uh, well, I know right. Yamamoto's had neck uh, issues. And- yeah, it's a whiplash neck kind of thing that presents concussion-like symptoms that look at his production. He's never been right all year. Yeah, like he talked. He talked to me about it. He basically said, "I get hit in the head every game. A lot of it's inadvertent, just because of you know the height of his head compared to everybody else's." All right, I got a fourth one here. It's a little bit of a wild card one for you. I think we can all agree the best story in sports this weekend was Michael Block at the PGA Championship, the yeah. club pro who finishes top fifteen. Like the videos that came in this, the hole in one is great, but that video from Saturday night of them telling him, hey, you're going to be playing with Rory tomorrow on the final day, and his reaction got me to this question. You could play a round of golf with any professional golfer, past or present. Who would you pick, Frank? Hmm. Well, see, here's the thing about the round of golf is that it actually needs to be enjoyable. And... Like, as much as the first answer everyone's going to have is Tiger Woods, like, he doesn't... First off, it's intimidating, and I don't want to hit three-yard dribblers off the tee because I'm waiting for my nuts to drop. Um, And two, like, I would want someone that is really funny and can tell stories. So, like, I would be leaning towards, like, Kevin Kisner, someone you can have like a million beers with and they can tell you stories about what it's like to actually be a PGA tour player. And if you're going like super old school, like find someone that's really funny. Like Lee Trevino would be on my list. Uh, so would like, is, I don't even know if he's still living Chi Chi Rodriguez. Like I would want like one of the old school, like what it was like when you drove around the country playing for like a few hundred bucks a week kind of thing. That'd be sick. I actually golfed nine holes with Chichi Rodriguez. True and was story. he a blast? He was un- dude. He dude, showed me yes. He showed me the greatest golf thing I'd ever seen. So he, we we had to do, and I've never been more nervous teeing off. We have like a thousand people lined up. I'm like, you guys get the hell out of the way here. I'm going to shank one for sure. That was the most stressful I've ever been in my life. I was just like, God, please don't shank it. Please don't shank it. Anyway, so he was doing like a demonstration beforehand, and he's hitting balls and he's showing like how he, he was a master with this club. So then he takes out his, um, what did he take out? Uh, I want to say a seven iron. And so he, he hooks one that goes to the right. Right. And then, and then the next one goes left and about 150 yards down the fairway, the balls crisscross. And I'm just like, what? And he's like, nah, it didn't work. He does it again. The second time, right. 150 yards. The balls hit each other. I was like, get, and this had no cell phone, nothing. I was just like, did I just see that? He did it on purpose. It was unbelievable. And so we were talking the, uh, as we're walking around the course and uh, you know, he's putting. And now we played at Dorchester, you know, it's a nice little course, but it's obviously nothing like PJ and he's draining like every putt from 25 yards, like nothing. And now we're talking, I was like, 
And I asked him, I said, so, you know, you're like, you're there with Jack and all. And he goes, I couldn't putt like them. And I'm, I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, oh no, these greens are nothing. Like these greens are simple and easy, but I was not on the PGA tour. I wasn't a great putter. And I was like, yeah, but you were remembered for always every time you'd make a putt. He goes, yeah, I did the showboat. So they'd remember that and all, all the ones I missed. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, le- absolute legend status. He's 87. Yeah. He's still living. His uh, wife so I, was there. She was a saint. Like he was such a good guy. So um, Gary, I, I, Gary player played at my course uh, a couple months back. Yeah. He's 80 something. He's shot under his age consecutively <laughs> for like 17 years or something. Yeah. That's crazy, man. I, if I was going to golf with someone, I guess now I probably want to golf with John Rom. That'd be the guy. I would also like to play 18 with John Daly. Yeah, yeah, that's well, when he, you said Tiger was the first name that popped into your head. I thought you were going to say John Daly because I feel like everyone just knows the partying and whatever. Yeah, see, I don't know if I'd pick him. Yeah, I think Rom. I just I know Rom seems like he's got a pretty interesting story, and he crushes the ball, so it'd be kind of fun just to see the shots live in person. I think would be different sometimes than on TV because you don't get the real appreciation. Have you been to a PGA Tour event? No, I want no. so bad. You, it's actually not that fun. Oh. No, I didn't think it would be. It, I'd go it's actually Masters. kind of miserable because, like, you have to, like, first off, you can't really get as close as you want because there's people everywhere. And second, all you do is walk for, like, eight hours. And it's either hot or raining or something, and it's just, like, it's absolutely miserable. Uh, you but you're, and then you're also not near stuff. Like, if, like, you're at a certain hole and you want a beer, like, you got to walk, like, four miles in the other direction to go get one or go to the bathroom. Hey, buddy, it's an exercise kind of event. Now, my buddies have been to Arizona, and, uh, you know, they've got there early at the 16th hole, and that's where, Frank, you'd like it. You just sit in the in the stands, but here's the thing. You're in the stands for an hour and a half before they even sell beer or anything, and people are just there to get their seat. And so they and it was kind of cold in the morning. They said that was the only crappy part, but then once it gets going, it's an absolute gong show, I guess. Yeah, I believe Yeah, that. I don't know. I think I'm out on that. I did. I've been to a couple of U.S. Opens, so yeah, but the, yeah, but you know, in, in Arizona, man, like that's just a party. Like people are. Oh, I, yeah, but if but that's what excites me about the stadium courses. You can sit in a seat like you would at any other sporting event. Yeah, wow. I don't want to. I don't want to walk. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? Who wants to walk? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a good. I point. love. I'm not I like walking though, so we're different. Make sure you get a good stretch in first if uh, yeah. you are going to go walk into the stretch zone first, right? Yeah. You be killing it. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. That's a wrap on uh, this week's edition of Buy or Sell. Hey there. It's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Now, um, before we wrap up, Craig Conroy in, in, in Calgary's uh, uh, side. We talked about this last week, Frank. Um, he seemed like the obvious choice, and it uh, yeah. looks like he's going to be the next GM of the Flames. Who? What? what do you, I saw the report. Um, what, what do you think he's going to do as far as, you know, the, the group around him and, and any ideas on an early coach? Like, will it come from within? Will it be Mitch Love or are they going to go elsewhere? I, I think it'll be Mitch Love. I, I don't have any real insight on Craig Conroy's thinking. Um, having someone in your organization that is a two-time AHL coach of the year kind of seems like that fits. Um, I, you know, I think at some point, everyone's really curious to see what happens when slash if Jerome McGinley is brought into the fold, what role will that be in? Uh, Craig Conroy and Jerome McGinley are super tight. I think Jerome McGinley plans for one more year. Well, I know he does. I talked to him at the uh, at the tournament in St. Albert because of his okay. son. Right? He's loving coaching that team. He's in Kelowna, right? Yeah. And so he plans to do one more year at his hockey academy and then come back to Calgary. My guess is that he will have a spot, the, like it's already kind of in motion to, to bring Craig Conroy to bring Jerome McGinley with him. And I think that was one of the real big selling points of his, you know, his candidacy stands on its own two feet uh, with all the different experience that he has. And not just as an, as an off-ice, you know, executive, whether it was scouting or, you know, managing certain parts of the operation. Um, it, it's also in his on-ice tenure. Like, he was a, a late-round pick who played four years in college, carved out an NHL career. He was a healthy scratch all the way to a captain and then back to that uh, on his way out and, and along the way was a runner-up for a Selkie. Like, this is a guy that's seen and done just about everything you possibly could at the NHL level. And that's why I kind of thought from the start, like it was, it seemed almost foolish that they even had the search. Cause I don't, it never really, I don't want to say the search wasn't authentic. Like maybe someone comes in and, and knocks your socks off and you're like, Oh my God, Oh, you can't miss this guy. I have to hire him. But just my understanding from the people that they talked to, like, I don't like, was any, any one of them like really burning it up? Like, I, I don't know. How many so, other names did they bring in? So my understanding was the in-person interview stage, they had six. And that's with all, like I say that with all due respect to them. I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't, I don't get any sense that this was ever really anyone's job other than Craig. I was like, that's who they sort of set on the pedestal. And it was like, if someone can come in and knock him yeah. off, then, then great. But they, they kind of cost themselves a month in the process here where they could have just, hired him from Jump Street the same day Don Maloney took over. True, but I think you also have the opportunity to learn some things. You can gather information about how others view your organization and maybe use that to your benefit later. Oh, I think that's a big part of why this Pittsburgh Penguins job search has gone on for a long time. I think they're in the intel gathering business. They're not so much in the which guy is the right guy for these jobs. 
Yeah, well, that's fair. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets are uh, now, you know, they don't have the big GM search, but uh, it's a coach search. And you know what? Columbus, I think, is a team that's poised to be, to be much more competitive next season. They are, and uh, here's a name I'll throw it to you to indicate uh, how much they think their team can bounce back. Uh, I think they there was lots of smoke this weekend about Mike Babcock and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Really interesting fit. Um, I I think they've been waffling on – you know, a sort of triumvirate of Mike Babcock, Peter Laviolette, and Pascal Vincent. So they're all kind of different. Very different. Laviolette more similar to Babcock than either one of them is to Pascal Vincent, Uh, and especially from a resume perspective. But uh, it's, it's a fascinating sort of spot that they're in, and you know, the other place that I heard Mike Babcock connected to, and I don't know how authentic it is or isn't, but is the New York Rangers. There have been some whisperings about that over the weekend too. So I could see I could see that making some sense. You know, you go from one original six to the other. That would be uh, three original six teams in a row for Mike Babcock. Um, but he also is a coach that has Stanley Cup pedigree that would be dealing with some, you know, pretty good players to see if he can get out of them what he needs to. Yeah, well, I'm still Chris. I'm team non-block for New York. I think that's I think that's a smart move for them. Um, I'm a big believer that hey, guys put in their time everywhere else. Sometimes you give them a chance. I understand, you know, the pressure, but at the end of the day, um, you want a guy who's a good coach, and if he's a good coach, he'll get the best out of his players, regardless yeah. of if he has NHL experience or not. I agree with you. Um, but like I said, as much as Chris Knobloch is a great candidate and he is just because he is, doesn't mean that that's the person they go with based on the situation their team is in having, you know, gone to a conference final, taken a big step back and are clearly now in this championship window, it's wide open. You're only going to have a few years of that before you're going to have to make decisions again. And uh, circling back to where we started, um, when Toronto gets their new GM, what do you think the chances are Keith stays on as head coach? My guess would be pretty small, but yeah. um, we'll see. Yeah. And then if, uh, depending on who takes over in Ottawa, are there changes? Because they'd be getting a real late start on that, uh, given that this might not happen for a bit. Well, yeah, the sales, well, they announced it today. Then it's got to get finalized by the league and everything like that. Yeah, it wouldn't be voted by the Board of Governors until either the Stanley Cup final or the week of the draft, if that is the case. And it might not even happen as quickly as that to close. Yeah, but I I think if, if you go to this point and they announce one, the rest is basically just, you know, they, so they do, do you let them take operational control, I guess, is what I'm asking? Yeah, that's my question. Like, you'd have to... I would I think by this point, the vetting process, Frank, hopefully would be done. No, like the league. I, and I would think by this point, like they'd have a pretty good sense of who these people are. Yeah, I would hope so. So if that's who you ultimately decide on, then why, why have them wait? Why say, okay, you know what? We'll get it ratified, but you know what we can do? The, you can uh, kind of take control of it as a transition period and then find out if you want to make any moves or not. It's funny because I've heard varying reports. Some think that Dorian, it, because through the interview process, Dorian interviewed and spoke with all the owners. So that's kind of unique. So I guess they, they want to get his their, their sense on what he's thinking, kind of like an interview almost, which was... He, ha- he ha- very publicly and privately, he seemed very confident that he's staying in this job. Yeah. 
I think almost everywhere else, people look at it as a 90% chance that he's replaced. Really? Yes. Huh, okay. So, hmm, well, that's going to be a, an interesting And then does, does DJ Smith go too? Well, usually, not always, but usually when the new coach, a new GM comes in, the new coach is coming too, right? right. Like, there's a few situations of it, but lots of times change is inevitable there. Yeah. Guy wants his own guy. Just Now, it doesn't happen right away. Like we saw Pat Verbeek in Anaheim. You know what? Yeah, I'll give it some time. And uh, Different situation. Yeah, no no totally expectation different. to win in Anaheim. Full expectation now to convert finally in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah, they still – that's a team that's it, got Look, here, the, here's the thing. The blue line. People were saying to me in uh, February, oh, did they – is their season over because they got swept this weekend? No, their season was over in November when they started 6-12-1. and one. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. A good start doesn't guarantee the playoffs, but lots of times it can kill you from making the playoffs. Yeah, you can't, you can't make the playoffs in the first two months of the season, but you can definitely miss. Yeah, very true. So, Frankie, have a good week. Uh, have fun at the uh, stretch zone. And, uh, uh, we'll talk I, I, I got to swallow my pride and make an appointment. I'll, I'll bring the average age down, even though my gray hair quotient will just add to it. <laughs> talk to you on Friday. Thursday. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.